Hey, good morning, everyone. We are live and ready to roll this morning for another edition of the live stream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, Akron, Ohio. Thanks for being here this morning. We appreciate your joining us at this time so that we can get together and hear uh, what God's Word says and uh, just have time to reflect together upon all of that. Um, I have a while we're waiting for people to join us online, we're going to go ahead and play. Uh, praise number. I came to magnify the Lord by Bishop Clarence E. McClendon and the Harvest Fire Mega Mass Choir. And if you're not awake yet, you will be after you hear this song. So we'll go ahead and get started with it. Amen. Morning, Marnell. Good morning, Beverly. Good morning, Ann, and I'm going to say Ann and Larry. This will wake you up. Good morning. Bless you. Hey, Ronnie. Good morning. Y'all got your coffee brewing? Cindy, good morning. Amen. 
Amen. Look out now. Yes, indeed. Woo. Uh, a little bit of extra caffeine in that song. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, I came to magnify the Lord by Bishop Clarence E. McClendon and the Harvest Fire Mega Mass Choir. Um, that was a very high-energy song for sure. And that's a good song to start out uh, to get us all up and at them, as they say. Uh, get ready to... Hear the Lord speak to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the one who is doing all the work and communicating to us, and we just need to be able to listen. Good morning, Angie. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, make a couple of announcements that uh, are expected, uh, probably not uh, uh, one announcement. Um, Glenda Brown, today is her birthday. Uh, make sure that you give her a shout-out and say hello to Glenda. Um, according to what is said on Facebook, today is her birthday. So... Uh, please make sure that you say happy birthday or give her, call her and sing happy birthday to her without even announcing who you are. How's that? When you, you call her on the phone. Uh, so that'll, that'll be a great surprise for her, I'm sure. Um, please remember to stay online with us uh, for Pastor Gus's message, which will be available uh, after the conclusion of Sunday School. It will be in the timeline here on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. Uh, Pastor Gus has been provide. Pastor Gus provided. Uh, this is the Sunday message, of course, but he has provided messages, a um, couple of messages earlier this week, which we call midweek messages. <clears throat> I encourage you, uh, first of all, to say thanks to Pastor Gus. He is he is laying it out there with just wonderful messages. And the the wonderful thing about being online, you now people, you know, who ask questions, you know. How can you how can you minister to God's people online? Well, you you just just look and see for yourself. Um, there's a lot of great material that He is providing, and I want just to encourage you to say thank you to Him if you haven't already for the time that He's putting in and for the uh, effort that He is uh, putting forth through the power of the Spirit. Um, I have heard uh, today's message already because I have the uh, ability to have it all uploaded and ready to go in the morning because I did. That's the way we communicate, uh, and it's a fantastic message. So I would encourage you to spend some time uh, later on today, uh, after we're done here with Sunday School, to look at the message. And the great thing about being online, and, and this is something we discussed yesterday, Gus and I, is that even if the message is longer than what you might expect, there's, it's jam-packed with material, and there's nothing that says that you can't just uh, hit stop and push play and come back to it again. But that's the neat thing about this. And you can go back to it and listen to it again. Uh, that is a wonderful thing about being online and being able to record messages. They are there for you. If you just scroll our timeline, you'll see a great material that's been presented by Pastor Gus. And I want you to, uh, to know that uh, he's putting a lot into this. And I, I appreciate you guys spending time in the Word with him. Um, and I, and I think it's going to be important for you to see uh, what he has to say here about being connected to the vine. That's the topic of the uh, message uh, for Pastor Gus that Pastor Gus has presented. It'll be in this timeline after we're done with Sunday School. Just scroll and look for it, and it'll be there for sure. You're right, Lisa. He's a pro. He is a, 
he, he knows his stuff. He is uh, well-read. Uh, I know he's a history buff. Uh, he has a lot of uh, great knowledge, but the, the Spirit is the one who is doing all the teaching, just so everyone is clear on that. And that's the same for me, too. It's not about me. It's about what the Spirit has to say. Remember your tithes and offerings, please. Make sure that you remember to uh, put forth your tithes and offerings each and every week. Uh, this week, uh, we want you to make sure that you're uh, preparing that. Now, I do know that... Uh, the weather today is going to be okay. Um, the weather tomorrow is going to be terrible. <laughs> so uh, by all means, just make sure that you are, if you're going out today, bundle up. And I would use the drop box at the church that's available from 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 uh, p.m. today. You can use the drop box at the church. If you're mailing your tithes and offerings, you can send it to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, Four four three two zero. That's for mailing it. Uh, for those of you who are not in town and can't get out, uh, we encourage your participation too um, with uh, your tithes and offerings. If you're getting something out of these broadcasts, out of this time we're spending, and once again we'll be online for the rest of this month, and we anticipate going back into the building on March 7th. But our Sunday school is going to be online uh, perpetually, indefinitely, uh, just because of the nature of what's been happening and making sure that we are not over-congregating uh, when it comes to um, controlling the flu or the virus or whatever it is we're dealing with here. So please keep that in mind as we look at this effort. We appreciate, again, your participation or remembering our church. Still have to pay the bills, still have to take care of uh, the utilities, all the things that, that are going into keeping the building operating. So please keep that in mind, and we appreciate you doing that. Okay. We have a jam-packed, fun-filled Sunday school class to look at today. Uh, it is um, going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 4, <clears throat> verses 1 through 16, which covers the whole chapter. Um, I'm going to uh, pray, of course, and we'll get started, but I just want to make sure that we are uh, remembering to always look in on others as well, too, who are not able to join us online. So for those who have not been online with us, please make sure that you're looking them up. Um, and giving them a call and touching base with them. Uh, it's a tough time right now, and when the weather starts turning, you know that people are going to be very much confined um, because we have a winter storm warning out there, I know, for the next day, 24 to 40, 24 to 36 hours. So just keep that in mind. It's just getting a lot of snow, um, so we have to keep that in perspective when it comes to reaching out to others and seeing how they're doing, just talking to them, saying hello to them, encouraging them to get into the Word and... and um, we just encourage you just to do those things because I think it's just necessary right now while we get this whole church thing figured out, uh, which is what we're really trying to do here. And I think we're doing, by God's grace, we're doing an amazing thing here. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and get started with a word of prayer. Uh, thanks for being here this morning. God bless you all. And uh, uh, follow along, too, with uh, when we start uh, reading the scriptures as well because it's important for you to follow along with us as, as I'm reading to you. Um, but let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that you've set aside for us for Sunday school. We thank you for your loving presence this morning. Lord, we just pray that you just continue to just quiet our hearts and minds and allow you to speak directly to us. And Lord, the message is, has an impact on each and every one of us individually. And we just thank you for that message. We thank you for your presence. 
Bless us and keep us, Lord. We just thank you and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so what we'll do is we're going to look at, turn your Bibles, electronic devices, to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 16. And I'm going to set up my other device here for that. 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 16. Now, I, I have an extra comment, too, about, you know, I read from the New Living Translation, and I, I've kind of locked in onto this as far as a Bible study passage because it, it reads wonderfully in English. It's an English translation, of course, but it just flows so beautifully. And I know for a fact that the really recovered group in our uh, denomination, they indeed use the New Living Translation as an introductory Bible for those people that they are um, uh, ministering to. So want to make sure that you're aware of that, that it's just a very, it flows beautifully. So follow along in your own version, but I encourage you to uh, use more than one version uh, when you're using your Bible uh, that uh, to look at different passages to see how they match up. And I'll explain why in just a moment. Let's start with 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Oh, okay. If you look in the comments, you'll see ESV and New Living Translation. Very good. All right, so let's start with verse 1, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now, the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars, and their consciences are dead. They will say it is wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods. But God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by people who know the truth. Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks. For we know it is made acceptable by the word of God and prayer. Verse 6. If you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching you have followed. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle, for our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and particularly of all believers. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church encouraging the believers and teaching them. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. All right, that's 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. 
And you'll notice that this is a continuation. Uh, maybe perhaps you'll notice it. Uh, it's not as clear until you really kind of look at, look at what the instructions are. But this is also part of the instructions for the elders as well as, and it scales down now with warnings on how to make sure that you're behaving a certain way. Um, and these are instructions for Timothy. So let's start with verse 1. Let's go back to the top. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now, the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Now, this is a hard truth, but it is a truth indeed. It is something that uh, we need to pay attention to. There are people who are going to turn away from the faith. Um, Honestly, I've seen that happen uh, within the body of Christ. I've seen it happen with people who... um, we need to understand what the later times are. These last times, these later times, uh, they began, frankly, when Jesus Christ was resurrected. Uh, the one that you see in Acts, in the book of Acts. Uh, he was resurrected, and the later times are going to continue all the way through until he returns and sets up his kingdom for all humanity. So we are in those times, and we've seen that there are going to be people who are deceitful, they have been deceitful. Millions of people have been deceived in different ways um, uh, when it comes to faith, when it comes to believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, it's a demonic activity. That's what it says in verse 1. And we need to know where it's coming from. We have an opposition. We have an opponent and opposition to those of us who truly want to spread the gospel and the truth of Jesus Christ. We have people who will readily listen to the gospel and we have people who will readily deny the gospel because they believe something different they don't believe it's time for them to accept it Um, and so we need to understand that there are false teachers out there that want to see people fail and so that's what we need to understand here they want to see people fail they want to see people fail and be deceived and it's a demonic activity and verse 2 says these people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead So what Paul is saying here in in his instructions to Timothy, he's talking about how these false teachers were a threat at that time and are still a threat today. Uh, There's nothing, when we talk about false teaching, unfortunately there's nothing new under the sun. It's really the same as, as it's always been. And here's Paul writing about it back in the early, early days of the church. And there are false teachers already out there. And here we are today. And there are certain people that you can go to online and look to that you you know are going to teach the truth because they have the reputation of doing so. And, and honestly, um, don't go out of your way to hear everybody speak about the Lord. Hear the ones who are, are, are well-versed in it. Dr. David Jeremiah, uh, Charles Stanley. These are people, uh, Pastor Robert Jeffers. These, these are people who speak the word and speak the truth. Um, and, and, that's, and Pastor Gus Brown. I mean... <laughs> These are people that you pay attention to, you should be looking at and listening to and understanding that these individuals are speaking about truth. But there are a lot of false teachers out there that come before people in the guise of knowing truth. But these false teachers are a threat to the church. They're a threat to the people. They're a threat to all of us. Um, Jesus and the apostles repeatedly warned against them. I'm going to give you some examples in Scripture right now and take a look at it. Mark, uh, let's turn to Mark chapter 13. You hold your place in your Bible and go to Mark 13, 
And let's look at verses 21 through 23. False teaching. False prophets. People who are truly not looking to the Lord, but looking more to um, show themselves to be more important. And that's what we need to see here. Uh, Mark, uh, Mark 13, verses 21 through 23. And then if anyone says to you, this is the English Standard Version. And then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. Hmm. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. The elect are those individuals who have a truth and saving knowledge of Jesus Christ that truly do love the Lord and know the word, but even they will be given information that can trick them or deceive them as far as veering off the path of just following Jesus. That's the most important thing to understand here. The, the, the reason why false teachers and false prophets are there, they're trying to take you away from the focus on Jesus Christ and focus on themselves or focus on your own thinking and questioning what you're thinking and questioning what you're believing. Verse 23 says, But be on guard. I have told you all things beforehand. So Jesus is giving us a heads up. He is giving us a heads up and, and, and helping us to see the importance of this. Let me look at another example here. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, verses 28 through 31. Now, of course, you know in Book of Acts, that's when Jesus made his uh, last appearance, is written about in the last appearance in Scripture, where he was still on earth. And here we are in Acts chapter 20, as we go further along, as churches are being formed and developed. Here we are with this uh, communication um, that is coming from Peter. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. Because the potential is there for people to come away from the truth. And that's what we need to understand and see here. The truth, uh, Satan does not want people to have what they need to trust in Jesus Christ. That's very important. And there are other passages here that also refer to this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 7. Uh, those are passages you can look at on your own. They're a little bit longer. Uh, but we want you to see the, the truth here that what Paul is warning about, warning Timothy about, is about these hypocrites and liars. Their consciences are dead because they're not following Jesus Christ. Now, understand something, too. This is why I wanted to emphasize about the importance of understanding Scripture and reading Scripture. It's not enough uh, that a teacher appears to know what he's talking about when someone's uh, speaking to you. Um, or is that enough to, for a teacher to be disciplined or moral? Or it says that says he's speaking for God. If the words contradict the Bible, his teaching is false. Well, let me ask you a question. Would you know if the teaching is false based upon your own experience, based upon your own knowledge? Would you know? And 
is the Spirit actively speaking to you at all times when you're in the Word? Because the Spirit needs to be involved within this process or any other process when you're looking at the exposure uh, of God's Word. The Spirit has to be active. How is the Spirit active? The Spirit is going to be most active when you have knowledge, when you are deriving upon the Spirit's wisdom and knowledge. But the wisdom and knowledge is not going to come from just him speaking to you if you don't read the word or if you don't understand the word. I have a real a bone to pick with a lot of people who are stuck in tradition and not stuck in really knowing and seeking God's word. Um, the New Living Translation is a modern translation that uses a dynamic equivalence to try to speak to you in such a way where you understand it because of the English that it's presenting to you because it speaks basic English to you. And some older Bible versions don't do that because you don't speak that same language. So, yes, the Spirit can impart wisdom and knowledge, but you need to understand the Word in order to be able to fight off false teaching. That's the bottom line. I do encourage everyone within the sound of my voice to use more than one Bible version to compare readings and have greater understanding. Um, the English Standard Version, New Living Translation, the NIV Version, the 1984 NIV Version. have to mention that the NIV Version has even been revised, the modern version, to such a way where it's, uh, it's probably too modern uh, in some inter interpretations of it. The 1984 Version is fine. The New King James Version. There are all different kinds of Bibles that you can go to that are going to give you greater understanding. The New King James Version is a uh, brings the modern version, bring, modify, modernizes the King James Version from the language of 1611 to the 20th century. Um, and that's pretty important for understanding. So I say all of this, and it's kind of a pontification. I apologize for that, but it, it really kind of struck me last night as I was praying uh, and, and looking at this message. How do you know if someone's teaching you falsely if you don't know the word, if you don't understand the word and really understand it? You can read the word and not understand it. But the Holy Spirit can help to teach you. But you have to read the word. So it, it comes down to the Holy Spirit will do a lot of heavy lifting for you if you truly are looking and seeking the Lord. But you've got to do some heavy lifting yourself. You've got to make sure that you're in the Word and in the Word on a regular basis. So people with slick tongues will, will deceive millions of people, and they have already. So people with slick tongues have deceived millions. And I mean, and when I say millions, I mean millions, millions of people. Satan has been very busy. We're in Satan's domain, and we need to understand that he uses everyone who is subjecting themselves to sin and temptation and really not following the Lord, uh, Sunday Christian, Monday fool, okay? Uh, he uses everybody. That's what we need to understand here. So if the words are contradicting the Bible, the teaching is false, but you got to know what's false and what's true. So I'm just kind of speaking from the heart, uh, kind of came out. I hope it's no one's going to take it to offense. Um, just when you think you know something, you need to just maybe learn more. You've got to be teachable, and I'm always going to emphasize that. And uh, I uh, listened to Dr. J David Jeremiah last night. My wife and I did. It just happened to be on on Facebook, 
And there's never a time when you just can't get exposed to more and more truth and just reinforcement. Reinforcement of what you're thinking and what you're following. So I encourage you just to just think about and pray on all of that as far as where you are right now with it. Um, <laughs> all of us know a couple of slip, slick tongues. <laughs> Jackie, thank you. Um, we know there are people out there who are slick. And I don't ever want to be known as slick. If I bumble over my words and stumble every now and then, I'm okay with that, all right? Uh, I, don't, I don't have to be perfect. Uh, I just want to be, uh, I just want to be accurate. I just want to give you the truth. I just want to be accurate. That's all that matters, really. And sometimes being accurate, some people won't like it. But that's on them. That's not on me. It's God's word. I'm, it's not my words. It's God's words that convict. I don't do anything other than just speak them. So let's continue on this here a little bit. Um, back to verse 3, 1 Timothy chapter 4. They will say it's wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods. Okay, yeah. It, just little dumb stuff like that will get people off track because it appeals to their sensibilities. For example, if you hear somebody say something, say, oh, you don't have to get married. Uh, you love somebody, you don't have to get married. Well, that's a, that's a trap of Satan right there. But the problem is, is that just as Adam and Eve were tempted because they looked at the lust of uh, the flesh, uh, their eyes, they saw something that was beautiful and they wanted to know more about that rather than being obedient to God, that's what, that's what gets us tripped up. We are no longer being obedient to God and his word. That's what we have to see here. Um, so don't let people trick you into doing something that is speaking contrary to what God is doing. Um, verse 4, since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with the thanks. For we know that it is made acceptable by the word of God and prayer. So please keep that in mind. And we have here that these false teachers were hypocrites. They were liars. Uh, they were encouraged. Uh, they encouraged people to follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Demons. Uh, you need to understand that there is demonic activity out there. There are people who do not want to see you succeed. And I know I've said this seems like a million times, but we need to understand that this is nothing to play around with. It's nothing to play around with. This is a serious thing about truly following the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can't play being Christian. You got to live it. Because if you don't, if you're just playing, then you're going to be rendered ineffective, I promise you. If you're playing around with this thing and it's just a little thing you want to do once a week because it's a hobby or something, then you're going to get run over. Uh, I'm just going to tell you that right now. You're absolutely going to get run over. And uh, not to prolong this discussion, but back at the time when Timothy was be, uh, being written here by Paul, um, these are dangers that were in Ephesus. Um, there were people in the church who were following Greek philosophers. Remember, Greek philosophy was really heavy duty at this time. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of discussions about philosophy and the philosophers who were teaching that the body was evil and that only the soul mattered. Well, that's a half-truth. You have to understand that there are truths here that need to be, uh, they can't be half-truths. They have to be completely the truth. Um, the false teachers refused to believe that God, the God of creation was good because his very contact with the physical world would have soiled him. So what that meant was they were logically trying to infer that God was imperfect because we were imperfect. 
So they were actually uh, putting God to a level who was less uh, of uh, a deity than what he really deserved to be. He was, he was, they were dragging him down. Exactly right. So, and isn't that what we do? I mean, look, we do the same thing. We do the same thing. We sometimes put God to a human level. Uh, it used to just frost me to no end when I would see people on TV doing like this. Yeah, Lord, you know, my ace boon coon. No. <laughs> no. That is just not it. That's just not the way we are to pro- approach the Lord. That shows a total lack of understanding of who God is. And, and, I, and I just want everybody to understand, I, I don't take that lightly because God will show you something sometimes where, it's, where you'll be just looking uh, and saying that, hey, you know, I was wrong about how I saw God. I know that I needed to have a better uh, approach to it. So um, some of you may see in the background my cat in the, in the window back there. Um, so that's, that's what she'll do. She'll find a way to get on camera regardless. It doesn't really make any difference. Um, so, <laughs> but that's just normal. That's normal around the household. So, <laughs> so paid no attention to that cat in the window. Um, anyway, the, the, the philosophers were trying to influence the church, the people who were truly looking to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this was a struggle that Paul had and, and Timothy had to understand what that struggle was. There was just an ongoing philosophy issue taking place here um so paul knew their teachings and he knew that if because paul himself was involved with philosophy so he was very well uh, very well knowledge uh, as to what they were saying but he knew that if they got a headwind into the church it would distort the truth so it was very important to pay attention to those things and that's why we need to make sure that we take all of this very very seriously this is a very serious thing um, we do not want to we want to we want to encourage everybody that we know to get into a fellowship somewhere, whether it's online or whatever it is, with people who are teaching the truth, with people who are speaking the truth. You don't play around with something like this. It's, it's tough enough to deal with people who believe they don't know the Lord and don't need to know the Lord. So we need to continue to pray for those individuals. But if you know someone who is in a fellowship where the word is not being taught, Tell them to get out. Tell them to pray about it. So we need to understand that that's exactly what is happening here, and we need to take that into account. Now, the other thing to remember here, too, is that when in verse 4, he talks about how everything God created is good, because that's what it says in Genesis chapter 1. God himself called the different days he created different things good things. They were good. Every bit of it is good, which is a contrary teaching to what the philosophers were teaching. Um, Not that every philosopher would knew about Bible or Scripture, uh, frankly. They didn't know about God's Word. We're talking about being early in the infancy. And they didn't necessarily refer to the Jewish uh, texts as well. So we understand that this was their own reasoning or thinking here. Now, with that in mind, with this in mind, everything is good. But it also means we shouldn't abuse what God has made either. We shouldn't be gluttony about God's gift of food. We shouldn't lust about God's gift of love. Um, Today's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. But we need to understand there's a difference between love for Valentine's Day and the love of God and what that love represents. And 
if you are living and loving in that manner where uh, you truly love someone, Valentine's Day uh, is just a continuation of that. You should be loving consistently in that way. Um, we also make sure that we don't we don't murder someone. When I say murder, I don't mean just physically killing, but I mean murder as in emotional, um, just saying terrible things to people and just not apologizing or taking them back. You should never say them in the first place. Um, if you're truly loving uh, for Christ and following Christ, you never murder somebody with your words. And so it's important for us to understand that God wants us to be pleasing before others. A gift of God, uh, we, are to, we are all gifts from God, but we need to be pleasing in our interaction with other people and making sure that we don't abuse those things that God himself has created. Okay, let's drop down. First Timothy chapter 4. And we've, I'll read verse 6, and we're going to go through verses 7 through 10. Just read this paragraph uh, once again. If you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching you have followed. Notice how he's following good teaching. He's nourished by the message. Every time we hear God's word, we should be enriched, revived, revitalized. There is a revitalizing process that takes place when we listen to what God's word is, and we are encouraged by that. And I'm going to trust that you all, by participating in this and staying online with us, that you're being revived, you're being revitalized. Otherwise, why do it? Uh, you need to understand the motivation as to why you're doing things. You should do it, but you know sometimes we need to understand why we do things. Is God's word a revitalizing word or words or phrases that you get involved with? Is he truly reviving you? Is he bringing you out of the doldrums? Is he taking you out of the cares of the world and putting you back where you need to be and focusing on him? That's what the word should be doing for you. Now let's look at verse 7. Do not waste time arguing over odd, uh, godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle. For our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and particularly of all believers. So, the question I have is, do you believe that you're in shape physically and spiritually? I know that I've spoken a couple of times about making sure that if you are able to be active, be active. If you're able to get up and walk, walk. If you're able to get up and move, move around. It's very important for the blood to circulate through your entire body and, and just get to all those places. Um, I know that I have to make sure that I, uh, the, the, the blood circulates in my hands as well, too, because you know how it is when you're, you're laying down, you're sleeping, sleep the wrong way, half of your hand falls asleep. And that's just, that's just normal. That's something that happens all the time. But we need to make sure that we're moving about and doing things physical to stay in shape because you want to be at your best for Jesus Christ, for the gospel. But, of course, Paul is saying here, and he is right, it's much more important for you to be spiritually uh, trained. Uh, you need this training for godliness. It's something that needs to be done. It's something that we all need to be participating in. We need to be training in godliness because it has a much better, more promising benefit today and in the life to come. The life to come is when we are with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, that's something to look forward to. 
So these are things that we need to keep in mind when it comes to doing what's right. Now, I, I've talked about physical health because why is it important for, it be to, uh, for us to be healthy physically? It's because if we're not healthy, if we are out of shape, if we have overeaten, we get heart attacks. We can get strokes. We can get all kinds of things that happen to us. High blood pressure is not cool. Uh, it's something that we need to understand. And if you get high blood pressure, you need to be on medication to take control of that high blood pressure because, or eat, start eating right. Because you're no good to anybody if you're disabled or, 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 or somewhere where you're incapacitated. And that's what doctors get scared about. They don't like seeing people's blood pressure go up any higher. They want to make sure it's under control because there are too many things that can go wrong if your blood pressure is out of control. Amen? So that's important because it keeps us uh, away from disease, away from injury. But we need to make sure that our faith is still on uh, a high method of, of really understanding where God is and looking to his word and being trained spiritually, allowing the spirit to speak to you. Um, train ourselves to be godly. We have to develop our faith. We've got to develop our using our God-given abilities in the service of the church. Um, let's take a look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy 4, verses 14 through 16. This is, the, yeah, this is, this is the, these are the verses that are referred to down at the bottom. We'll read them again because I want to make sure that we're emphasizing this. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. This is, of course, Paul reminding Timothy of what's going on when people said that you had this gift and you needed to use it. Give yourself complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those you hear you. So if you're gifted, if you've got a God-given ability, which is what Paul is referring to here to Timothy, the God-given ability here is for you to use it. Use your God-given abilities. Whatever it is that God gives you to use in the body of Christ, use it effectively. Don't set us sit in the sidelines. Don't just sit back and wait for God to do something. He wants you to use your God-given abilities because that's what's really important here. Are you using your own spiritual muscles? So Paul is emphasizing this to Timothy that he needs to use his own spiritual muscles. The, the People had prayed over him and said that you have a gift. You have a gift to lead in the church. You have a gift of leadership. You have a gift of speech. You have a gift that you need to truly make sure that you're following. So we need to keep that in mind here. Um, I'm going to trust that everybody here online knows what their gift is. You got at least one. You got at least one. You got to know, you have to know the reason and purpose for living. If you don't know the reason and purpose for living, you're not going to know what your gifts are. You're just not. You're not going to be effective in Christ. So I'm going to trust that you are praying to God about using your gifts, using your abilities to walk in such a way where people, when they see you, They'll say there's something different about you. They'll say there's something that stands out about you. That's what's exactly what you want to see. I'm going to trust that you're doing that. I'm going to trust that you are reading your Bible every day, that you're living in God's image every day. You're investigating Scripture. You're meditating on it. You're acting on God's Word. You're growing 
in the faith each day and you're enduring, uh, truly enduring what is taking place in life. And when you endure, you are still being blessed by God. He gives you what you need, the ability to do those things. That's the acronym for image. Living in God's image um, comes out of Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. But honestly, that's the way we should be all living. And if you're living in that manner, you're going to be living according to the gifts, the God-given abilities that God gives to you to make sure that you truly are focusing on him and his word and living it out before others. And when Paul was speaking to Timothy in the last part of this chapter, um, the assumption was being made that he needed encouragement. And, and why would he need encouragement? Well, he's got all kinds of factions taking place in the church. You've got the Greek philosophers. You've got the people who are trying to uh, overcome his own teaching, uh, which is ultimately God's teaching. And that's a struggle. That's a real tough thing. And you have to understand something about the Greek philosophers of that day. They were very well known. They were talked about in the town all the time. They, they got a lot of attention. People cared about what they were saying. So that's a real struggle for Timothy, who may have doubted himself because he is younger. And that's why, that's why um, back in verse 12, it says, Don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. That's a way of encouraging Timothy. Just because you're young doesn't mean you can't lead and can't serve. You've got a bunch of people who may be older than you, and you may indeed just lead by example. Just do the right thing. You know, you can take examples from other leaders who have been around for a while who have remained steadfast in the faith and followed their example, but ultimately you've got to be you. You have to be the person that you are. We are not to copy off of anybody else. We may want to see how people behave, but we don't need to be carbon copies of anybody. God made you individually to do what you do. You don't need to do anything outside of uh, that other than just be yourself and truly look to the Lord and focus on him. So we need to make sure that we are supporting and inspiring members of the body of Christ. Supporting and inspiring them. Supporting the members of the body, people in our church. Supporting the elders. Supporting... Uh, Pastor Gus, making sure that we let him know how much he's appreciated. And I think that's very important for us to do here. He he put it in, like I said, a lot of time. He's been putting a lot of time in because the schedules are different, because we have a different types of schedules now where we're virtually home all the time. You There are moments where you can go on to the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page and you'll see a new message just like that. Um, just to encourage you to stay in the Word because it's, it's an important thing to do right now because our routines have been so different and so radically different since last March. Uh, it's been a whole year. It's been a whole year now, everybody. We're, we're at, at a point where we have a different routine and we need to make sure that we're living in such a way where we are encouraging others. Encourage people. Talk to people and let them know that you're thinking about them. It is a gift of God, absolutely. God's word itself is a gift of God, but his word encourages, encouraging people. It is a gift. It's a spiritual gift. It's a gift that you can have um, as an individual. Encourage people. Be encouragers. Um, people minimize that. Of course, all of us uh, can encourage people. That's the truth. But there are some who have a special ability of encouragement, and maybe it's just because of the words that they're saying or... Or, or the way that they truly 
uh, have an emotional outlook on life and how they see others. They truly will set aside the time and they allow the Spirit to speak to them to know when to call somebody and give them words of encouragement. You really just cannot express enough how important that is. That is something that uh, you can't minimize it one bit. Sometimes people are very desperate and feel very alone and sometimes Satan will trick them into thinking that they're just not worth being around. It's those encouragers that, that really save the day and step in and help in situations like that. I can't express that enough. If you're an encourager, use your gift of encouragement. Please do that. Make sure that you're stepping up and really telling people how they feel. Um, make sure that you're also, as you're bringing people along, they may or may not know a whole lot about Scripture, but you're a teacher, and you can teach people, and so you need to be fair. If they don't have the knowledge, you don't say, boy, what a dumb thing that is, that this person wouldn't know or understand something like that. Well, that's a foolish thing to say. God teaches all of us on different levels, and he teaches us in ways where we can get the most impact and understanding as far as what's happening. So we need to understand that we're all at different levels, and we can't assume anything. Now, we, we can just encourage people who are not knowledgeable in the Word to just stay in the Word and let the Lord teach them and speak to them. That's on them to do that, and that's, not, that's very important. So we need to keep that in mind, but encourage them also just to stay with it when it comes to their experience, when it comes to their way they've lived for the Lord Jesus Christ. Be patient with them as they talk to you. Uh, listen to them when they talk to you. Always be a good listener. You don't have to over-talk anybody. It's, it's tough sometimes when you're trying to make a point in a conversation. But sometimes you just have to let a person talk and speak. And you'll let them, if you just allow the Spirit to speak to you, you will hear something the Spirit wants you to hear. Whereas if you keep interrupting somebody, you may never hear it. So keep that in mind as we look at these things. Be patient with them. Um, that's very important. So wanted to make sure I covered all of these passages, and I think I did, where we were looking at how Paul is giving instruction to Timothy and making sure that he is prepared to deal with this, these things. And what things were we talking about specifically? False teaching, a lot of false teaching, being prepared for that. And these are all things that we should be prepared with, by the way, yeah, just as a... Coincidence, false teaching. We want to make sure that we are, are being obedient servants of Christ. We're not getting bogged down with silly things or, mean, or meaningless things. We're making sure that we are staying in shape when it comes to our physical health, but we're also staying in shape, and even more importantly, as it says in the passage, spiritually, continuing to grow and letting the Lord speak, allowing the Lord to speak to you and you listening to what the Lord is saying as well, too. And so all these things are need to be taught and relayed to others as well, too. This is what Paul is telling Timothy. Teach others these things as well, too. Back to verse 13. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers, and teaching them. That summarizes a lot of what's going on here, on what we should be doing. We should be avoiding the ones who are false, but we need to be teaching the word. Just staying in the word, staying focused on teaching the word, and encouraging the believers. We all need encouragement. Um, there are things that happen throughout the week we don't like sometimes. And there are things that we see that we just wish we didn't see. Uh, all I can tell you is that we need to be praying 
like crazy. Especially right now, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. Uh, there's, there's a lot of things that are going on we don't quite understand. And you're not going to understand them, but you definitely need to be praying to the Lord Jesus Christ for patience, comfort, and encouragement. And discernment, absolutely. Discernment is something that I don't think you can say it enough. You have to discern. You, there are some things you should be paying attention to, no question about it, and some things you shouldn't. How's that? Um, that's, a, that's a very simple uh, statement, and it, it probably is a statement that you didn't have to make. But honestly, there are things that you should pay attention to, and there are things that you should just ignore. And just understand that Satan wants to distract the living daylights out of you right now. Stay in the Word. Stay with the Word. Stay with God's teaching. Do not hold back from going to His Word every day. False teachers go out of their way to deceive us. They make an effort into it. And you need to understand that. So you need to have a counter effort. The counter effort is to stay in the Word. Stay in the Word. Let the Spirit speak to you. Give you discernment. Pay attention to what's most important, and the Spirit will help you to determine what those things are. Let's close out and pray. Father, we just thank you how you teach us, how you mold us, how you shape us, how you truly want us to be encouraged by your very presence. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. And Lord, even if we need to stop right now and just say, Lord, forgive me, for my sin. Let's do that now. We just thank you, Lord, that you do forgive us when we repent of our sin. We turn from our sin because we want to be in fellowship with you. We want you to teach us. We don't want Satan's teachings. We want you to teach us. We desire your teaching. We love your teaching. We thank you for helping us with understanding this each day. And Lord, give us a mindset to live for you, to remain obedient to your word, to truly seek after you each day and all day, not just in the morning, not just in the evening, but all day long in everything that we're doing. That is where the true maturity of a believer stands out. Because everything that that person is involved in is involved, has involvement with Christ. We thank you. We thank you for that teaching and we thank you for that truth. Bless us and keep us, O oh Lord. Help us to be mindful that without you, we would be nothing. We thank you for your very presence. We thank you for the armor of God that you give us to withstand satan's arrows we thank you lord we ask all these things in jesus's precious name amen okay well thanks for being here and we uh appreciate your being here as a reminder don't forget your tithes and offerings 11 30 to 12 30 today at the church just as a quick reminder please stay online um after sunday school and look for pastor gus's message it is pre-recorded. It is in the timeline, so just look for the new message. It's going to be labeled for February the 14th, which is today. And for as a reminder, happy Valentine's Day to everyone. I hope you've got made some plans and uh, that you're able to get out and enjoy uh, at least a little bit of sunshine because I know it's sunny. 
because um, it's going to snow tomorrow. <laughs> so please enjoy your Sunday. You guys take care of yourselves. God bless you all. Thanks for being here this week, and we will see you next time.